Amen. Well, I thought it was funny last week, or almost a week ago, when the Lord told me that about, he, he said, you have 15 minutes, and then he snickered, and I'm not sure what the snicker was for. I don't know if he didn't believe that I could actually do 15 minutes, so I'm watching the clock. But the Father, yeah. No peanut gallery this morning. It takes up time. No. Father, just speak through me your will. Just whatever you want, God. We're, we're here to celebrate your son. We love him so much. We love you so much. We love your Holy Spirit so much. We invite you here. Inhabit our celebration this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I prayed that I would have a voice this morning, and wow, I do, because this morning I didn't. I really thought that 15 minutes would be about two minutes, and um, but the Lord has given me a voice. He also gave me a very simple message this morning, and it is the cross, but it's the simplicity of the cross. See, the cross, what Jesus did was not a complex salvation. We make it complex. But for him, it was simple. It was simple in salvation because it was accept me or reject me. Very simple, right? But it's even simple in your choice after salvation. It's, uh, I would rather you be hot or cold. Because if you're cold, you won't hurt his name. And basically, you pull yourself out of the game. If you're hot, he flows through you and does his will. If you're lukewarm, you become a blockade. So his cross is a simple concept. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to go through a few verses here because I want to point out just what that simplicity means. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 says this, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. In other words, to those who don't know Him. But to us who are being saved, it is what? It's the power of God. It's the power of God. Wow, so many Christians don't understand the power of God and the power of the cross and what that purchased for you. Do you understand that when he died on the cross, gave his perfect life as he lived a sinless life and offered that for us, three days later he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave and ascended to be at the right hand of the Father. 
But in that process, he purchased something. He didn't just purchase the conquering of death. It, it was so much more than just keeping you out of the fire. It was to purchase life. And as the word says, more abundantly. See, but here on earth we kind of mess that up because, see, we think of abundance through our own filter, through our own lens. Well, you know, abundance would mean, Lord, that, that I have that really good job. Or abundance would mean that I have that really cool car. Or, or I have those really cool social friends. Or that I'm seen by others as really moving ahead in life. See, that's what your abundance means to me. And see, when the Lord means abundance, that's not at all what He means. See, what is abundance? Abundance is access to Him. I, I can tell you, it, I can only tell you a story that I've lived through. Right? I've been saved for 47 or 48 years now. And in that time, I spent most of those years not understanding relationship with Him. Didn't mean I didn't love Him. I did. I accepted Him into my heart when I was nine years old. Yeah. I was adding the, the 47 and the 9, so it's really 46. <laughs> I don't want to make myself older than I am. But I was saved at nine years old. I gave my life to Christ at nine years old. My life was purchased and, and it was pulled literally from death. Death was conquered in my life that at that moment, if I would have died in any time thereafter, I would not have been in the grasp of hell, but I would have gone to heaven. I will go to heaven. And see, for, for some 46 years, well, really about 40 of those years, I thought that's what it was all about. And then it was about obedience. It was about learning His Word. It was about understanding the principles of His Word and, and just simply being obedient to those principles. And, and by the way, that's not a bad thing. That's, that's 90% of those who are on fire, you know, in, in terms of what they think of as on fire for Jesus, living by these principles. That's what it is. It wasn't a wrong direction. It was an incomplete one. It wasn't until six years ago or thereabouts when I understood that Jesus wanted a personal relationship. And that personal relationship wasn't about my salvation because my salvation was guaranteed. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, my spirit was already sealed by the Holy Spirit. I was already guaranteed that inheritance. But see, what he wanted in relationship wasn't after I die. It was here on earth. He began to show me the simplicity of the cross. The simplicity of what he purchased. See, he didn't just purchase my ticket to heaven. That's really selfish on my part, if you think about it. What he purchased, he purchased a gateway. A gateway that he could be my best friend. That I could have communication with him like I would a best friend. 
I could share my heart with Him. And He share His heart with me. Even though we're in two different realms. Does that make sense? See, the simplicity of the cross was that it purchased His power in my life to build relationship with Him. And then I want you to turn to Luke chapter 7. Because when we came to know Him, when we accepted Him as Savior, so many times the church thinks that's where it ends, and then it's just a matter of enduring until we're with Him, right? But that's not it. Let's begin at verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. See, do you understand? That's what he purchased for me. He purchased that gateway that I could build a foundation in relationship with Him that when I am hit, when I am hit by the things of this world, when I am hit by, by something that I didn't expect, it won't knock me down. In fact, it does just the opposite. It's an opportunity to strengthen my faith. See, that's what He really purchased on the cross. And it said in that in that passage just going back it says why do you call me lord lord and not do what i tell you? Why do you call me savior and not do what i say? See, immediately we'd look at that and say, oh man, okay, he, he, uh, yeah, I shouldn't do this, this, this. I got my list of ten things that I shouldn't do. And that's what he's talking about there. But you show me in the Word of God where it says that. Where, where, where those items were his focus. Because they weren't. In fact, there was a lawyer who came to Jesus and he said, of all the commandments, of all these list of things that I should do, what's the most important? Jesus says it's really simple. Love. Love me. Love each other. In fact, let's turn to that. Matthew chapter 22 Matthew chapter 22 and I'm just going to start at verse 36. And it's the, it's the story of this, this lawyer. One of the Pharisees who, who, I guess, wanted to simplify his life. <laughs> of all the ones, what are the most important just so I could be focusing on the right thing? And Jesus threw him a curveball. And he said, well, it's the one that's going to be the hardest for you to do. To love. Because there, there, there is nothing selfish in love. Love is selfless. What does he say? In verse 36, he says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? 
And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And in, in one of the other Gospels, it says, and with all your strength. In other words, with everything that you are, you love God. You love Him. You love His Son. You love His Son who manifests in the flesh. Who died and rose again and sits at the right hand of the Father. You love the Holy Spirit. Ooh, wow. That just knocked out most of the church. Right? Because, see, they're good with loving God. They're good with loving Jesus because He purchased their capability to love. Oh, but that third one, love the Holy Spirit. See, the power that he talked about in the verses before, you cannot even access that power without the Holy Spirit. The very Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that is the power he was talking about. That's the power that infiltrates your life to allow him to do his work through you. So to love Him with everything that you are is to love all three. The Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And to say yes and allow Him to work through your life however they want to. But then He said, this is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. What does that mean? The second is as important. You understand, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what Jesus says here, he says, all this love that you have for God, for the Father, for the Son, for the Holy Spirit, all that capacity of love that you have for them, you're to have for others. See, that's where I got tripped up. For years. I loved the people that I wanted to love. But it was loving everybody. It was loving the people that didn't love me. It was loving the people that I didn't know. Or even loving the people that hated me. That was the part that took time. And the only way you can do that is building relationship with Him. I can tell you from experience because it is literally His love that flows through you. That lets you see others as He sees them. So see, the Christian life is meant to be simple. That's why He said, Take on my yoke, I'll take on yours. Because mine's easy. All you have to do is worry about two things. Love me with everything that you are. And love each other the same. And then let me work through that love. Because 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love covers everything. And it talks about the perfect love. What is the perfect love? It's Jesus Christ. So if you grow in love... For him, if you grow in love for each other, what is happening inside of you? It's him who is perfect love growing inside of you. And that's in relationship. So this morning, 
as we are going to continue in worship, and we're going to, by the way, get the elements out, we're going to do communion here as well. But as we go forward in communion, as we go forward especially in worship, recognize not only what He did on the cross for you, but recognize what He does for you every single moment of every day. He's standing there with arms wide open. He just says, I want relationship with you. Love me. Love each other. Just, if you just try it, I can only imagine him saying, if you just try it, you'll get it. Because, see, there's a barrier when you don't love. There's a barrier when your love is segregated into what you're comfortable with. But when you flat out love, your life will change. I promise you. Because it changed mine. Flipped it upside down. It gave me a joy that I never thought was even possible. I mean, literally, I didn't think it was possible. And this teaching the Bible for 30 years. I can't even express it because it's something you have to experience. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Lord, I want to point out that I made 15 minutes. Oh, but Lord, we're just beginning. Because the real celebration of today is you. The real celebration today is what Jesus gave when he lived that perfect life. When he gave his life on the cross. When he rose from the grave because death could not hold him. But God, it didn't stop there because he's not just sitting up in heaven waiting for us to join him. He's waiting for us to say yes. Because he just wants to infiltrate our lives right now. And work in amazing, amazing ways. So we worship you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and pass out. Josh, if you want to come and play. Go ahead and pass out the elements. Okay. We're going to play some. Do you have it there? We're going to actually play a song during communion because we'll give Josh Josh's finger a break because they will be playing for much longer. We'll be here for at least four or five hours. No, I'm kidding. Not more than probably three and a half. No, I'm kidding again. Go ahead and pow. Oh, did you give me one? Thank you. We're going to play a song here. And in this time, at the end of the song is when I'll direct us. We're going to take communion together. But, but it's important during this song to reflect on your relationship with Jesus. Reflect on 
the yes that you have given him, reflect on who he is to you. You know, he said he didn't come into this world to condemn. The law condemned. It was, the, the, the world was condemned already before Jesus came. He came to give life. Give it more abundantly. He came to make a connection with you personally. Not, not as a group, not through your pastor, not through a friend. You personally. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to your heart. He loves you. So we're going to play this song and just spend time going before him this morning. I'm 
that is the recognition of who his son is and the request and acceptance of him into our hearts as Messiah see the Bible said to be adopted as a child of God is to recognize that the Son of God became a man by choice, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, offered that life on the cross as a payment for our sin. And because death could not hold him, the very power of God raised him from the dead. He walked amongst his disciples for 40 days and then ascended to the right hand of the Father. Even right now, he is at the right hand of the Father and awaits us to begin that relationship with him it starts with asking him into our heart and I just want to give an opportunity if there is anyone here that does not know him as savior you have an opportunity right now if 
you do not remember a time in your life when you asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior, I would ask that you raise your hand. Nobody looking around. But just raise your hand. Do we have any here? That's the first step. The second step is just as simple. You just say, yes, Lord. Jesus, we remember and we recognize in this moment what you did for us on the cross. Your body that was broken, that was beaten, And with each lash that tore into your skin, you took the pain that we were to take, that was our debt. You took that on. And so we remember, you can take the wafer out, we remember your body that was broken for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Likewise, we remember, Jesus, the blood that you shed on the cross that was drained from your life to give us life. I thank you, Jesus, that in that sacrifice, when we recognize and believe the truth of that sacrifice and the truth of your resurrection, Your blood becomes a veil over us and over our sin. That we can be seen by the Father. That we can be brought into communication and relationship with the Father. Evidence of this was at the moment of your death, the veil in the Holy of Holies ripped from top to bottom. That was the Father then seeing those who were given to the Son and who would be given to the Son, seeing them through a filter of your blood, Jesus. So we thank you. We thank you for your blood and we remember this day what your blood purchased in us. We worship you, and that's what we're going to do. You just guide however you want, but we're going to worship you the rest of this time. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you call us to relationship with you. Lord, inhabit our worship today in Jesus' name. Amen.